is a special night of worship with Shake Anderson and Daryl Evans at Christian Center of Fort Worth. And uh, it's going to be good. I tell you, when Daryl and Shake get together, it's a whole new experience for both of them. And so I encourage you to go to that if you can. That's what we're doing officially as a church event on this New Year's Eve in North Fort Worth. Well, uh-oh, I gave away my title. James chapter 3. James writes, verse 13, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good works, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Let's pray. Father, we pray that your word would penetrate each of our hearts, go into those areas of our thinking and the way we're uh, functioning in our lives, Lord, to reveal any hiddenness from the light of your word. Lord, bring freedom to each of us in every area of our life where envy might cast its shadow. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 14 again, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. It has been said that envy is the most common problem that nobody has. Pride keeps us from admitting it. And James would obviously know about that. He had this big brother who kind of had a favored position in the family. His brother was the son of Mary and the son of God. Not only that, his brother never got in trouble except for that time when he was 12 in the temple, and he went missing for three days. Boy, if James had done that, they'd have wore his behind out. But he, he, he was just Mr. Perfect, this Jesus, his brother. So don't you know he wrestled with envy? Who would think he did? And the revelation it took for him to realize who his brother was... Uh, dawned on him after the resurrection, of course. But I'm sure with that revelation of who Jesus was came a revelation of his own need for salvation and his own need for freedom from envy. Uh, What stirred this sermon up in my heart, I'd spoken on envy uh, a few months ago, uh, putting an end to envy. I kind of did it as a topic because we need that, you know, envy. Can, can cause a lot of problems. Uh, envy is why there was the first murder. You know, Cain killed Abel out of envy. Uh, Joseph was sold into slavery out of envy. The disciples were competitive with each other out of envy. Uh, Laban envied uh, Jacob. Uh, envy causes a lot of problems throughout the Bible. Pilate, the Bible says in two places, knew they wanted to crucify Jesus because of envy. 
Paul and uh, Barnabas were in a, on a missionary journey to Antioch of Pisidia, and some people became envious of their ministry and stirred up so much trouble, it ran them out of town. Who knows envy can cause trouble? Um, I think during that sermon I showed a, a, a video entitled Shallow Thoughts from a Shallow Christian. And in that was a guy given a definition of envy. Envy is like someone resenting another's good fortune. Like if I should resent my neighbor's new Jaguar that he doesn't take care of very well. And if it was my car, I would wash that car every day. That's That's... Envy is shallow thoughts from a shallow Christian. So I won't share from that perspective again this week, but I will share on Christmas envy. Christmas envy has been a term that's been used for generations uh, to describe the emotions that children feel who belong to families that do not celebrate Christmas. Maybe they do celebrate it only by eating Chinese food and opening fortune cookies, but there's not much going on. And so their children experience Christmas envy when they hear the music that other children sing and they see the gifts that they receive. Or maybe someone's so poor that if, if they got coal in their stocking, it would have been great that they didn't get that. Um, and that's kind of the perspective where I want to take it is not to address those who don't believe in celebrating Christmas and and uh, shaming them for what their children go through. But for those of us who do celebrate Christmas, Christmas can stir up envy. Maybe you're from a family I grew up in as a kid. Um, our grandparents on my dad's side always bought us clothes, no toys, and those clothes are always too big for us. You grow into them. And then the other side always bought us toys that were too young for us. And uh, my mother's sister and her children lived in the same town with my mother's parents. They always got tool, tool toys like sleds and bikes and things like that. We got dumb things like belt radios and all that. And the other day I was teasing with my cousin. She said, did you give away any belt radios this week? And I says, no, just cold, hard cash. And we laughed about that. And I added the words, this message had been sent to you from a belt phone. But where, this, where it became obvious that this was the word for today, because I, I, I love to share truth, but I really love to share truth that God is impacting my heart with. And the Lord revealed I had a, an issue with envy that I did not know I had. And maybe I didn't have it, but this particular day I got hit with it. Uh, who, who mails out Christmas letters with your Christmas cards to cue people in on what's going on in your life? Those are wonderful things. But I have some friends, some of them are peers, that, man, their letters are over the top. And this particular friend, I know to brace myself before I read it. And this particular Christmas letter was on two sides. I didn't even read side one. I thought it was a one-sided deal. And the way it was put together, it kind of stood on its own. And there was one phrase in there that got in under through my armor. And hit my heart. Oh, man. Ugh, that bothered me. Anyway, so I had to deal with the Lord. The next day I realized I had a real problem and went to prayer in this room. 
and did not come out of here until I had freedom. And so out of that experience came a word for those who may be struggling with envy. Maybe, maybe you haven't faced it. Maybe there's a cloud of unhappiness somewhere in your psyche. And it just could be envy. And so today is your day. Maybe you don't suffer with envy. Well, maybe you know those who do. This could be a word that you could share with them in love. Or as well as a word you could use to brace yourself so you don't have to struggle with this green-eyed devil. Amen. Christmas envy. Envy is not good. Who would say that? Say it. Job 5.2 says, For wrath kills a foolish man, and envy slays a simple one. Proverbs 14.30 says, A sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. Envy is not good. The definition of envy as a noun is the feeling of discontent or feeling of ill will because of another's perceived advantage or advantages or possession or possessions. It is a resentful dislike of another who has something that one desires. Maybe you didn't know you desired it till you saw it or read it or whatever. Uh, as a verb, it means to begrudge or to covet. Yes? My testimony to you today is God has given me victory over this bout with envy, and out of my own struggle this sermon was born. However, I... Before I share some ways to overcome it, I want to be sure that everyone understands and believes this first point, that envy is not good. It's downright evil. And I know this flies in the face of modern-day marketing. Maybe you make commercials or you're in advertising. Be careful that what you do isn't becoming, is not becoming an envy sower. Oh, if I can get people to envy, then they'll buy my product. It's not good. You're sowing discord. Amen. Yes, envy can even be a problem in the church. Paul told the church in Corinth in chapter 1 of his first letter, chapter 3, verse 3 of his first letter, For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? We learned from our teaching in Philippians, verse, chapter 1, verse 15 through 17, we learned about even ministry, like preaching Jesus, can be motivated by envy. Has anyone here ever been hit with envy? Amen. Nice to not be alone. Romans 13, 13 says, Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife, and envy. See, it throws envy in there with all that other stuff we don't want going on in our lives. Envy is not good. Pride is a root for envy. One of the keys that happened when I began to pray about my envy problem is there became the mirror of the Spirit, and there's the Lord showing me pride is in your heart. You must repent of pride. Otherwise, envy will keep its roots in you. 1 Timothy 6, 3-5, If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, reviling, 
evil suspicious, useless wranglings. Who would agree that pride can cause a lot of problems? Envy makes us unthankful. After, you know, my bout with pride came to an end, I began to thank the Lord for His forgiveness and His blessings in my own life. You know, when you envy someone, you're not looking at the goodness of God in your own life. How good you've got it. And if you were to write a Christmas letter, what struggle could you reveal in someone else's heart? Being unthankful can make us envious. That can be a cause of envy, is just not being thankful. Maybe not intentionally being unthankful. I'm not going to thank anything. Thank God for anything today. I'm just not going to be thankful. But just simply not being thankful. Just subconsciously falling into that realm of, of uh, not being thankful. Now, this is four unenviable characteristics of the envious. We say that together, four unenviable characteristics of the envious. Number one, the envious resent God's goodness to others. I'm trying to persuade you that envy is not good. It resents God's goodness to others. The envious ignore God's goodness for them. The envious are burdened with much iniquity. I tell you, envy causes so much iniquity, inward sins in our heart that we need to deal with. And finally, the envious are converted from the potential victors that they are into petty, easily encumbered, encumbered, self-appointed scorekeepers. The envious are converted from the potential victors that they are into petty and easily encumbered, self-appointed scorekeepers. You know, several of Jesus' parables involve envy. You've got the parable of the prodigal son. There's the envious elder brother. You've got the people that worked all day for a sum and those that worked for an hour for the same sum. The first group envied the group that only worked for an hour. You've got uh, 99 sheep that get left behind so that one sheep could be found. If those were humans, how would they feel? What about us? All you care about is the lost. You know. I could go on with more parables, but it's there if you, if you just look into it. All right. How many want to have your heart rekeyed? you lose your keys, it's a good idea to have your, especially if your address is hanging on your key ring, it's a good idea to have your house rekeyed. Let's rekey our hearts for victory over envy. Repent for the lack of love. After I repented for pride and unthankfulness, I began to repent for the lack of love. God, forgive me for not loving people, for loving myself. For not loving people like I love myself. If you love someone, you want the best for them, right? 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says, Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. It doesn't. Right there. That morning, that verse came to me. Love does not envy. Lack of love is a problem. Refresh, believing that God loves us as much as anyone. 
If you see someone blessed, that should be encouraging. Why? That's your brother. That's your sister. You're in the same family. God loves you that much. Hold on. The story's not over. Romans 5, 5 through 8 says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. He did that for us. For scarcely a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. Let's say this together. While I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. Wow. So as I began to renew my mind with the truth that God loves me, His demonstration of love to someone else is cause to rejoice because He loves me too. You know, in the earthly realm, I have some siblings that I love dearly. And if someone blesses them, what do I do? I am happy for them. This is awesome. Rekey your heart to regain the desire for the word like a baby wants milk. Listen to this. 1 Peter 2, 1 through 3. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. As newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. This book is written for you and I. It's God's gift to us. It's our book. Thousands gave their lives so that we could receive this book. Desire it like a baby desires milk. And just read and read and read until you find a verse that speaks to your heart and stop and think about that verse and allow it to have its impact on the way we think. Remember what the Lord has saved us from. Repent for the lack of love. Refresh believing that God loves us. Regain the desire for the Word. Remember what the Lord has saved us from. Why is that so important? Because it keeps us in an attitude of thankfulness. Thank you, God, for saving me. Thank you. Thank you. Your heart will be so overwhelmed with the goodness of God, His goodness to others won't disturb you. It's the truth. It's the truth. So any one of those four things is, is a cause to maybe repent. Lord, we just pray you'd speak to our hearts right now. If there's any one of these that applies to us, Lord, we repent. It's a lack of love. It's a lack of believing that you love us. If it's a lack of a desire for your word or remember what you've done for us, forgive us, Lord. Don't let us leave this place and forget this. Titus 3.3, 3, For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy. That's who we were. 
Then he goes on to say, but when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior toward man, appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Thank God for his mercy that he's given us. The fifth re is rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. This is something that does not just happen. It's something we do intentionally. You want something to do? Are you bored? Begin to rejoice in the Lord. Begin to rejoice with those who rejoice. You know, as I said in my sermon earlier this year on envy, is it's easy to mourn with those who mourn. But rejoicing with those who rejoice is hard if we're envious. So let's just make a life of rejoicing. I rejoice. I have a friend whose career was wrecked. He was born in Mexico, raised in a missionary's home, and their church was given land. If you're from Mexico, this is no slam on your country. This just happened to him. And... The church was given land, and because he had been born in Mexico, land can only be given to a Mexican citizen. He was a Mexican citizen. So he was, the land was put in his name as a kid. And then years later, somebody did a title search and wound up claiming it belonged to them, and that this family, missionary family, committed some kind, some kind of crime. This man had to abandon his congregation, leave his, his nation of residence, and come to America leaving everything behind, lest he go to a Mexican prison before his innocence was proven. It was years before he was allowed to go back in. He's back there now, and he's got a church running thousands. I mean, God's really blessing him. But any time you saw him, his name was Tim Wilson. He preached for us years ago. His greeting would be, rejoice! <laughs> he was living in a time of either cry your eyes out, Wine and sing the blues or just rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And he did it. And his life, it paid off. Regain and guard your eternal perspective. Regain and guard your eternal perspective. In light of heaven... There is nothing that compares. A city, 1,500 miles square, 1,500 miles high, filled with the glory of God and gold and jewels and precious stones. The pavement is precious metal. Awesome place. We're going there. And in light of our future, there is nothing worth being envious over. Hello? Hello? There's nothing worth being envious over. You're like Donald Trump being envious of a trailer park. See, there's nothing. And in light of eternity... Brevity, length, space, in time, 
There is no amount of blessing time-wise that anyone, anyone could ever have to be envious over. Here's an equation for you. Eternity minus 10,000 years equals what? You get the point. Christmas Eve, our worship pastor, Shake Anderson, was blessed with the telecast of his music. Uh, the first Monday of October, he hosted a concert or produced a concert at the Dallas Convention Center featuring some of Dallas' best artists, including uh, a couple nationally known artists, Ann Nesby and Ruben Studdard, who sang stuff he either wrote or co-wrote. And it was awesome. If you got a chance to see it Christmas Eve, it was great. I set my DVR if you want to come over and watch it sometime. Uh, let's do it. You'll be blessed. And in that telecast was a song that just, I, I think it's the best song on it, uh, sung by an artist named Brenda Ellis, who I understand was not necessarily prepared that well to sing it, but she hit it out of the ballpark. And I want to show it to you, but before I do, I, I just want to read you the words of this song. In a light of this sermon, looking at eternity, we're going to bask in the presence of God. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Songs entitled Bask, written by Pastor Shake, sung by Brenda Ellis. The lyrics are, what a fellowship it's going to be when we all gather around at the crystal sea. What a moment of experience to worship him. What a wonderful exchange there will be. Oh, to hear him call my name, you see. What a marvelous experience that will be. Where the Lamb is the light, no more darkness, no more night. We will bask in the presence of the Lord. Where the weary shall have rest, no more problems, no more stress. We will bask in the presence of the Lord. That's the chorus. Will I know you when I get there? Does it matter or doesn't anyone care? Oh, what a moment that will be. Where the young and the old, they are alike, will sit and worship right at the face of Jesus Christ. Oh, 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 what a moment that will be. The bridge is can't wait, can't wait, can't wait to get there, to see my Savior's face, to look upon him, to look upon him, our amazing grace. When I get there, I'll tell him. I'll tell him how much I love him. Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful wonder that you are. Then I'll tell him, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we made it this far. Yeah, I've got to make it. I've got to make it. I've got to bask in the presence. In overcoming envy, we have these principles to apply, these things to repent of. Freedom can come. But, you know, God always does things over the top. We also have a future to look forward to. And we also have the presence of God now. Now. So as I show this video, I, ensure you, I, I, I encourage you to just enter in and worship the Lord with Brenda Ellis as she sings. Shake song, maybe you can begin to bask in the presence of the Lord right now. And all that stuff that maybe Christmas stirred up for you, sometimes Christmas can stir up a lot of pain, 
because of things some have gone through. I don't want to be insensitive, but in the presence of the Lord, God can bring, begin to bring healing. And wounds can begin to close up. And newness can begin to dawn. Amen. When we all gather around at the crystal sea, what a moment of experience to worship Him.
Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters. That if any of them are struggling with envy, I pray, Lord, that today's sermon would help put an end to that struggle in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray especially for that person that maybe hasn't struggled with it. They've just embraced it. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus you would help them to see the danger that is existing in their life, Lord. It's like charming a cobra, Lord. Very dangerous, Lord. Help help us all to overcome envy, to put it under our feet and not to make it our pet in Jesus' name. Lord, we just rejoice in your goodness in our lives. And Lord, most of all, we rejoice in the future that we have and the presence that you've given us, which is the ultimate present in this life. Thank you, Lord. I pray, Lord, for each and every one of my brothers and sisters, that you would bless them. Lord, for those that are struggling with other emotions that I didn't mention today, Lord, I pray that they would get with you and find the solution in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God is good, and envy is nothing to play with. Envy creates other temptations. And I'll just be honest with you. I was tempted to call someone that knew this person, common friend, and whine to them. Even maybe hide it as a prayer request. Or as a need for ministry. I'm really struggling right now because of blah, 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 blah. Just spread that poison. There's only two people, three people you could talk to. You could go to the person that's embarrassing. Go to the person you envy. That can help bring some freedom. Go to God, which I did. Or go to a friend that will tell you the truth. Look in the eye and tell you the truth. Tell you the truth. And if that ever happens, don't you dare say, I thought you were my friend. A person that coddles poison in your life is not your friend. They're not. They just want you to like them. They really don't care about you and your future. May God bring you freedom. Hallelujah. Let's stand. I'm going to play one more song during our time of mingling. Don't turn it up so loud, but if you could bring it back to the uh, back to the screen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And may your Christmas letters be filled with the goodness of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yes, by Mitsubishi. Praise the Lord. Let's rejoice.